It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. I believe this is the 23rd episode of Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. And we've talked about all kinds of stuff, but we've really been excited and super hyping and teasing that the next episode would feature an honest-to-God legend in the radio business in the Twin Cities. Let's all welcome Dave Ryan. Dave Ryan, hey. Oh, oh, hey. You were in Colorado Springs. You were in Vegas. You were in Phoenix. You were in Columbus. Uh, let's see if I missed any. I don't think I missed any. Then, no, then you, that's it. And then you came here, and we would talk about show ideas and stupid stuff that worked. And it was always fun to kind of watch Dave when he's hopping around because every single show you went to, you were a winner. Not true, no. I, I got oh. fired twice in two years in Phoenix. Um, unceremoniously fired. One was a format change. They let everybody go. And uh, another one, it just took them a while to realize that I was not a good fit on that station. That's when you were working with a mutual friend of ours, Scott Thrower. Uh, you and I did a lot of things like when we worked on a radio show. We were prepaholics. You know, I wouldn't want to look at anything in life that I couldn't turn into a bit because I figured I got to fill that much time. I better be on the lookout for everything. And then when we were actually on competing stations here, you know, it was a whole different thing. Dave was in the morning. We were in the afternoon. There was no bitter rivalry or, you know, no ratings challenges between us. And actually we shared one hell of a bunch of audience. And I even said to Dave one day while we were riding our motorcycles, if you and I got in a car crash right now, Think of all those listeners. Where would they go? Right? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Wow. What's your routine at night? When do you go to bed? When do you get up? What do you do after you get up in the morning? You got to be on the air at what time? We're on at six. And, um, you know, there's some morning people who come in really early and they want to get there at, you know, four in the morning, four thirty, whatever. I used to do that a long time ago. We used to read the newspaper uh, because the newspaper was literally other than TV uh, your only connection to pop culture and the news that was going on. So the latest overnight news was the newspaper. So we'd all get there in Columbus at about five o'clock in the morning. And uh, there was only one station in the building. So you don't have to fight over the newspaper or USA Today, which was the treasured source of all prep was USA Today back mm -hmm. then, because it was it was the latest. I mean, it was done overnight and it was really super cool. Uh, the life section of USA Today was like the prep Bible. So I get up, uh, get to work about, 10 minutes till our show starts because we've got everything done. And uh, then we do the show. Then we spend as long as it takes to get ready for the next day's show. So okay. that starts at 10 o'clock. And if we prep until noon, we prep until noon. If we prep until, you know, some days are already just like, oh, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. We don't need to do a whole lot. So we're out of there by 1030. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, then we come home and have a life. I'm a big believer in having a life. You know, uh -huh. whether it's smoking cigars with Moon or riding motorcycles or playing golf or whatever, um, you know, I think it's important to go have a life because if you don't have a life, then all you do is work. And that's pretty boring to the listeners. So I try to go out and do different things. Um, uh, yesterday, for example, um, I went to fly a kite. I love that. I think that's great. I've never, not even thought of doing that, and I don't no. know how long. <laughs> well, well, I, it, I was at the beach, Minnewashta Beach, uh, last summer, earlier this summer, and I saw somebody flying a kite. So I immediately pulled out my phone, and I ordered a kite on Amazon for like $14.99. So it's never been windy enough, and every time I take it out there, it'll be windy 
as I needed to be. And then I get there and the wind immediately dies down. So it kind of <laughs> makes for a funny story. It's not the coolest story ever. Uh, today, my life is that the people that do our lawn care have done a terrible job. And I put a, a, a video of the lawn after they mowed it on mm -hmm. Instagram yesterday. Yeah. And I had hundreds of comments because people are like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. It's terrible. So I called the lawn company and I fired them today. And um, and then I showed they came by after I fired them. They still came by after I fired them. And they did another terrible job where some grass is, is this high, Aww. some grass right next to it is that high. So it's having a life. I mean, it's the it's sometimes the mundane stuff that people can relate to. I would like to recommend a lawn service. <laughs> yeah, would you? Go on Dave Ryan KDWB and look at my story. It's really awful. It's it comical. Is. It's like they did a burnout on my lawn and it's just terrible. I didn't used to watch a lot of TV, but during the pandemic, I watched a lot more TV because people really relate to what's the latest on Netflix and did uh -huh. you watch... Uh, clickbait on Netflix and are you watching the Steve Martin thing on Hulu and uh -huh. people really seem to appreciate that because a lot of people have been home people are going out more and more obviously but so I watch TV we have dinner I plan my phone like everybody else and then I go to bed and that's and that's a day I love it yeah sounds like us we've been watching Vikings oh my god it's so good you know, an average day is three to 500 people get killed. Most of them by getting shot in the eyeball with a crossbow and stuff. Wow. Like that. I've watched a lot of content. I've never seen anything that is so creatively violent, right? Like when they roast people on spits and oh my God. Wow. Uh, it, there's just. <laughs> that sounds like the feel good hit of the summer. Yeah. Seriously. I think I know why you're both watching it and it's not wow. for the violence. It's for the nudity. Nudity? They're very attractive Vikings. I don't think it's historically accurate. Like everybody's teeth are good. The hair yeah. is good. They look dirty, but not too dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Sexy dirty. How many years have you been a pilot? Because you've been a pilot for a long time. That's a really, really good term. Um, uh, since uh, almost exactly 37 years ago this week, um, uh, I was 21 and I got a job that I had no idea that I wasn't qualified for. Um, I was working in Colorado Springs and I really wanted to do mornings because our mutual friend, Scott Thrower, did mornings at that station. And he made it sound like so much fun. And it was, and he did a morning show like nobody had ever done a morning show that I'd ever heard before. So I stole Thrower's act completely yeah. and I moved to Las Vegas and it worked and it killed. And here was this 21 year old and the amazing thing is, is that I had no idea that failure was even a possibility. It, it wasn't, it was one of those cliche things where you read in like a motivational book. Like I had no idea that I could fail, but it was true. I knew I was going to win because I was so stupid that I didn't know that failure was a possibility. So I just plunged in and did all of this stuff and it really, really worked well. And uh, so then they moved me, the PD there moved to Columbus, Ohio. That's when I... I went to Columbus, Ohio. It was four years there. We had a 20 share, not at first. They hated us at first. And I don't know if you've ever done this before, Moon, where you replace somebody that everybody loves. Yeah, it's hard. And I replaced a guy. It's been so long ago, I don't even know his name. Um, uh, but I replaced him and everybody hated me. And it just didn't work for the first 
six months, it just didn't work. And then finally it started to work and eventually it, it worked out great. Um, and then that's when they sent me to be slaughtered, the, send the lambs to the slaughter in Phoenix because they had a station in Phoenix that was not doing well. So they said, oh, let's send Dave out there. And, and we did. We got slaughtered. Then I crossed the street to work with Scott Thrower. And he got fired after six months. And then I got fired after another uh, uh, year and a half. So I had kind of a weird thing happen when I was working in Vegas. I took over there at a, a station called Classy 100. You know my personality. It's not classy. Right? Not in the least. No, not, not even close. Not even close. We took this show that I was on from eighth to second in about eight months. So we were having really good luck. All we had to do was be cleaner than KLUC, and we had to be more lively than Sunny or whatever their station was. Yep. And if we just fit it right in the middle, edge it up just a pinch, uh, we were going to kill, and it worked. So Nationwide Broadcasting owned KLUC. And yep. they uh, what they did was they also owned a station in Houston, KHMX, which was the first hot AC in America, you know, hot adult contemporary of its kind. And uh, they said, well, why don't you come work in Texas? I think about, well, wait a minute, I'm under contract and the people I'm under contract own the radio station and it's three lawyers. What am I going to do? I went and hired a boxing attorney. This guy had a big old fro and a white sport coat, right? And and he said, he's like, <laughs> wait a minute, how did you find this person? Did you just like, was it just like, because I've been to Vegas, was it just one of those ads on the top of the cab that went by? Yeah. And you're like, that's my dude. Him and the showgirls, one of the two of them is going to know. Right? What he said was, you know, they're never going to be able to prove damages against you. You know, you're going to leave and they're going to throw a fit for a while but there is not going to be a way to determine loss of revenue. So just go for it. I'm like, okay, great. So I went in and I quit, went to Houston. I could not imagine not doing radio. That's how much I loved it. And I know that you feel exactly the same. And you're sitting there thinking, somebody told me, well, why didn't you step down a couple of years ago? And I'm thinking, well, what, what the hell would I do? I mean, now all I do is I sit in my underwear and look at mutual funds. Yeah, I like it. Back to being a pilot, okay? You mean literally a pilot, like flying an airplane? Yeah, like flying an okay. airplane. Okay, because you know what? I like the analogy of being a pilot on a morning show. It's like, you know, I, I, I've i just heard of that lately, and I really like that. So, But as far as flying, um, uh, I've been flying for 25, 20, 26 and a half years. Um, uh, the longest flight, you know, I'm not instrument rated, which means if it's too cloudy or the visibility is not good, I can't fly. I can fly when it's cloudy. I can fly if the clouds are high, uh, but I can't fly above the clouds. I enjoy just going up, taking friends up. Um, uh, you know, some once in a while we'll do like a charity auction. I'll take some stranger up who won a charity auction, and that's kind of fun. The longest flight I've ever made, no more than a couple of hours. Uh, I was going to fly my son and his buddies to Madison on their way to Lollapalooza a month ago, but it was so hot and we were going to have the plane so loaded to the max capacity that it was just a, it was just a bad thing. You don't want to fly on a really hot day at maximum weight. It's just not good. So he was disappointed. We didn't get to go. That would have probably been the longest flight. I'd say, you know, I flew to international falls one time just for fun. That might've been it. Des Moines. If the weather's clear, I can fly anywhere. If the weather's clear. My son just moved to Germany and I was thinking, <laughs> could I fly over to Germany? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. We have probably about a, um, a five hour range 
And at about 120 knots, yeah, we'd probably get about, oh, we'd probably get in sight of Nova Scotia and we would die. So, <laughs> yeah, not, not very fun. Not good, no. You know, and that's the thing about Hobbs. Hobbs did morning radio at KS95, worked at B96 with Tony Fly. Uh, you know, she knows all about getting up. And she was our producer for, God, how many years? A couple at least. Yeah, three. And that was the most miserable time in her life. <laughs> Why? Why? Really? No, it wasn't. No, not at all. Okay. I loved I loved I loved working with Moon and Stacy. They were amazing. And the hours are great because you know, mornings a little early, especially when you're one of the producers, because then you gotta yeah. get up at three thirty. And that's if there's you know, that's in the summertime. If there's if there's snow, then it's more like three. But I love the energy of an ensemble. It's one thing to just sit there and talk over songs and all that stuff. And it's great. And it's great to connect with the audience, but I love the ensemble and I love the craziness. And then there's always something that goes wrong or right. Yeah. I mean, you hope things go right, but you know, you've been doing it for a while and you prepare for when things go wrong mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it depends on how you handle it. You either acknowledge it like, Oh, well that bit didn't go as well as I thought it did, which we, that's our usual line. It's like, you know, I thought this would be a whole lot funnier than it is. <laughs> or you know what, if, if only the caller hadn't hung up in the middle of the contest, that would have been a great fit or, you know, whatever, or, or sometimes it's a better route to just pretend that that's the way it was supposed to happen or just move on gracefully. And we've had that happen before too, where something's just not going right. And it'll be like, okay, well, it's KDWB and the Dave Ryan in the morning show. And let's take a look at the weather, you know, something just to like ease out of it and to gracefully just hope people forget about what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever, do you ever get off the air and say, well, that's going to be a meeting. That is one of the worst things, Tiff, is that when, when you, know that there's going to be a meeting and you know that a listener's pissed off or a client's pissed off or you said something. So I think after a while you learn to where to tread lightly, you know, just like just things like you don't want to do something that, you know, we can mess with. Like I'll say something like, oh, my God, we play Olivia Rodrigo all the time. OK, here's Olivia Rodrigo and coming up next, Olivia Rodrigo. And the boss gets that. You know, because he knows mm -hmm. that that's part of my character is be the one who's like, OK, well, you know what? We'll be right back after 12 minutes of commercials. It's we'll be right back. Yeah. He kind of gets that. But, we you know, we know not to um, uh, do anything that's going to piss off any certain group with a cause, even though that's hard to avoid sometimes, because a lot of the time the rules of our society change so quickly that what you could say um, a few years ago you can't say anymore. And sometimes we do. And sometimes you do. And we do. And, and you have to remind each other, oh, you know what, you can't say that anymore. Like, did you know that you can't really say prostitute anymore? I said prostitute on the air a week or two ago. And Fallon said, yeah, you got to say sex worker. No, I didn't know that. It makes know. sense. But no, I didn't know it explicitly, but it makes yeah. sense. It, it, I guess it does because make sense. Because it's supposed it, to a prostitute mm. kind of implies that they're being taken advantage of or less than and a sex worker implies that it's a choice. And yeah. Yeah, apparently so. And so, you know, we're very careful about that. And um, uh, because meetings after the show suck, mm -hmm. they just do. You know, it's like, hey, can you guys come in? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, Miller Chevrolet is on the phone and they're really pissed that you made fun of. I don't want to even use an example because I don't want Miller Chevrolet to call tomorrow and be like, <laughs> Dave Ryan was on a podcast and he made fun of our sign out front. <laughs> he said it was too bright. And so, you know, it's just, you just learn what to avoid. Yeah. So Miller Chevrolet, man, I love you. Your sign is perfect. I remember I lost the Tom Shane account when I was on the air in Denver 
what happened was, and he spends an enormous amount of money on advertising. Yes, he does. Uh, there were some uh, high-end jewelry stores that were being robbed by a bunch of guys in mass. They'd come in. It was uh, smash and dash. They'd throw a towel or a blanket over the security cameras, smash the glass, take what they wanted, and they'd escape. I said, you know, these are terrible. These guys are armed, and they're scaring the heck out of the employees. And I said, the one thing is, is though they threw and covered up the camera lens, I still have the audio of their break-in. And then I played sound bites of Tom Shane making it sound like it was him. <laughs> right? Oh, no. Oh, God, it was hilarious. I was not the producer, Dave. <laughs> it's good to acknowledge that. That was not my bit. <laughs> so I took actual sound bites of his own commercials and used them making fun of him, right? Well, he drops the account, and uh, the program director... Uh, and do you knew Dave Van Stone, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dave was my general manager at this time. Program director calls me in and she said, that was the funniest bit I have ever heard on any radio station. And I'm going to have to fire you for it. Oh, no, you got fired for it. <laughs> I got fired for it. Oh yeah. God. I did not uh, see that coming. I don't know that I've ever heard that story. Um, <laughs> you know, we, the, the, it reminds me of when we talked about it just today. Um, it's a little bit, a little bit detailed of a story, but we use stools in the studio instead of chairs because it's a, it's a stand-up board. So mm -hmm. all the stools were broken and the footrest was broken off of every one of the stools. So your legs would dangle and it would cut off the circulation after a couple of hours and your legs would get sore and numb and it was awful. And so we kept telling the boss, you know what, we, we need to get new stools in there. I think I even went to Office Max and I bought one. So then we took the old ones that didn't have a footrest anymore and we took them up to the top of the parking garage and we threw them off and we got it on video and we, and, and we put it on our website and, and the boss was pissed and I got written up for it. And I remember they said, you know, you need to sign this, that you were written up. And I said, I'm not going to sign it. And they said, well, it doesn't matter if you sign it anyway, it still is effective and it's going to be in your file, blah, blah, blah. A day or two later, the video of us throwing the chairs off the parking garage goes semi-viral to the point where the company is like, whoa, what they do in Minneapolis? They got so many hits. So what'd you guys do? So they call Rob Morris, the program director. They go, Rob, what'd you do? Um, uh, well, uh, Dave threw office furniture off the parking garage. Rob, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> let's, get you, let's get you on a conference call with a bunch of other program directors, Rob, and tell them how you came up with this great idea to get this viral video. And I'm like, what the, are you kidding? Yeah. So Rob got praised for it. I got written up for it. So, <laughs> but, you know, it, it is, it's the worst, you know, when we, we've all been there, whether you work at Cub Foods or whether you drive a truck, if the boss calls and she says, Hey, when you're done with your shift, can you come in so we can talk? Oh, what about what? Well, You'll find out tomorrow at three. Tomorrow at three. I had a consultant in Denver when I worked at a station called KS104. And a consultant comes in and he says, you did not say the call letters enough this morning. You only said them 14 times in four hours. And we're never going to be able to build a brand if you don't do it the right way. You have to use the call letters. I want you to brand this radio station. So I said, okay, no problem. Next day, opening break. KS104's morning show on KS104 with KS104's Moon and Dean on KS104. Coming up on KS104, KS104 music by this KS104 artist with Moon and Dean on KS104. Wow. And I did that for four hours 
and I got fired on the spot. Right. Again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they had all my stuff, my headphones, all my carts and all my crap. And they cleaned off my little work area and put it in a box. And as they're uh, putting my things along with my partner's things, he got popped too. Uh, uh, we're getting into the elevator and there was a radio station one floor above us. It was called Big Dog 92.5. It was a country station. And the program director is going downstairs to have a cigarette from floor three where they were down to floor two where I was being escorted out by a police officer and a program director. And the program director from Big Dog says, God, Moon, you're leaving early. I said, I just got fired. He said, can you start this weekend? I'm like, cool. No. Wow. I got, oh, my I got, God. I got hired and fired in the one elevator uh, moment. <laughs> Right. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's crazy. I've never heard that story before. Yeah. And, you know, there was a guy that I always wanted to work with. His name was Big Ron O'Brien. And he used to work on Kiss FM in L.A. And I mean, yep. The guy was, yep. he was a he had this huge voice. And some of these guys that I would listen to just I really got into their shows. Right. And some of them were just, you know, talking over the ramps of record guys. And then there were the guys with the really big shows. You know, Bob and Tom and, you know, John Records Landecker and, uh, you know, in Denver, I used to listen to Alan Berg like you did. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah. Alan Berg, talk show host, political in nature, was shot. To, how many times did they shoot him? Like 20 times? Yeah, well, they machine gunned him to death in his driveway. Yeah. You know? And that that was a big story in Denver Huge. at that time. Yeah. Denver's kind of a wild city at times. It's like the old West. Right? I don't know why that is. Now let's talk about Colorado for a bit. You've got a fondness for, especially the Colorado Springs area. And I do too. You still have a place there, right? I do. It's the house that I grew up in and um, uh, it was built in 1962. So it's as old as me. Um, I think we moved in when I was about three months old and um, my mom and dad lived there until they passed away in the mid two thousands and we sold it for a short time, and it's a it's you know it's it's a very ordinary house, but it sits on a, a beautiful wooded lot of five acres up in the foothills. And as soon as we sold it, I was heartbroken. And so I was driving by one day when I was out there, and there was a for sale sign in the yard. So I called and I like said, "We're buying this house. We bought it back. Um, I don't care how much it costs. We bought it back." And so now that's kind of our like escape. That's our retreat, our happy place, our recharge place. And I love going out there. I'm going out there again next Wednesday for a couple of days. I can broadcast from out there. Um, I can sit in my PJs in the living room and or in the kitchen and do the show and look out the window with the deer and the trees. And uh, when I'm done, I turn the microphone off and I'm basically on vacation. And so I love it. And it's beautiful. I've still got family out there. If the world were perfect, I would love to have like a retirement job working in Colorado Springs. But Colorado Springs is one of those markets where there's hardly any live talent anymore. As a matter of fact, the station that I last worked at in Colorado Springs has no live talent at all. We used to have a full on air staff with weekenders, an overnight person, a news person, a traffic person, maybe not a traffic person, but not a soul. They have Bob and Tom in the morning and it's all voice track the rest of the day. I think it's Bob and Tom. And it's just sad. And I, you know, you go through a building like that now and they're not iHeart. I think they might be cumulus and you walk through and all these empty cubes and empty offices and, you know, stacks of throwaway stuff on the floor and, you know, just, it's sad. 
And it's too bad that radio isn't like it was, you know, 20 years ago. But then here I am, an old guy going, you know, back in my day, it's too bad. (laughs) It really is. It's sad. I mean, you know, I come in the morning and the studio is dark. But when I leave at 11 or 1130, I turn the lights off and they don't come back on until probably one o'clock in the afternoon. It's funny that you mentioned uh, KS104 and uh, in Denver, because at one time or another, I was applying for that job with Dave Van Stone, and it never really came close. Um, but I know Craig Hunt was working out there, and a guy named Mike Beach uh, was doing the morning show. Do you know that name, Mike Beach? I replaced him. Oh, is that right? Okay. You want to hear that story? This is nuts. So I've been out of work for three months. I'm spending my 401k like crazy, right? I got no money. And I go to, to Dave Van Stone, who is the program director at KS104, and I said, you know, I need some fresh tape to send out to other stations. I mean, I've got some tape that I'm sending, but I, I really like to do some new stuff. You've got a bunch of people working weekends. How about if I work weekends for free? And he's like, what? And he goes, yeah. I said, you I said, I don't know if you got a budget to pay me, but if you don't, that's fine. I just want some tape. And so I do some shifts. Uh, my second shift there, when I got to work, it was four o'clock in the afternoon and there was a tornado watch by about 4.15, I just go on the air at a station, you know, I really did, I only worked one other shift there. Uh, all of a sudden we got a tornado warning. By eight o'clock that night, there's a blizzard warning in Denver. It went from hot wow. and humid and storming to like nearly whiteout conditions in that amount of time. I'm kind of intrigued and fascinated with weather. And I mean, it changes. I mean, you know, you get six inches of snow, it's gone in a day and a half. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, and they get 90 mile an hour schnook winds through the foothills. And, you know, yep. it's, it's just crazy the way the weather changes. So I ended up staying on the air until finally Mike Beach could come on and do the morning show. And I did all the traffic by myself through the morning uh, drive hours. I did the school closings, all that stuff. Uh, it was just me. And then the boss said after the show, he's like, man, I really appreciate you, you know, first of all, working for nothing. And second of all, you know, staying on the air when travel was bad, really appreciate it. And you want to start the morning show next week? I said, and replace Mike. And he's like, yep. You know, you were called Michael Moon. We'll just call it Mike and Dean. Think of all the places that we walked into, you know, thinking we didn't have a prayer of getting hired. And the next thing you know, you're working there. And, and then there's other stations. You're probably way overqualified. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, true. You know what? When I got this job, I was not working and I was in Phoenix. And there used to be a magazine. You remember it. Um, it was called R&R, Weekly Newspaper. And they put, took out a full page ad. The rumor was it cost $5,000. They took it out two weeks in a row. So $10,000 ad for the next morning show at KDWB. And, you know, back then, especially then, uh, KDWB was known around the industry as like a great station. They had the greatest promotions. They had the greatest talent. They had, uh, I mean, even this sounds stupid, but they had like the greatest vehicles. They had like cool vehicles, not a beat up old van. And they were just super cool. And so I applied for it. And I remember thinking, whoever gets this job, they're going to get the best of the best for this job. I don't have a chance. And so I applied for it. They were interested. Um, they flew me out for an interview in San Francisco where they were also interviewing Kelly and Klein, which is another big show at the time. 
And um, and I went back to my hotel room after, and I called my wife, then girlfriend, how'd it go? And I'm like, yeah, I blew it. I did nah, not good. But then they called me, and they flew me out, and they offered me the job. Um, and awesome. so here was a job I never thought I would get. Um, when I was back in Colorado Springs, before I got the job in Las Vegas, I applied for a job in Billings, Montana. And I just wanted to do mornings anywhere. And uh, I called the PD. Did you get my tape? Yeah, I got your tape. So what are you going to do when all your um, Machine Gun Kelly and Rick D's air checks run out? In other words, you're stealing all your shit from Machine Gun Kelly, who I'd never even heard of, um, and Rick D's, who I had heard of. Um, and so I wasn't qualified for Billings, Montana, but I did I did qualify for Las Vegas. So, yeah, it's really interesting. One, one quick footnote. There's somebody coming to my door. They don't look like a delivery person. Is it the lawn people? Are they going it's, for a third uh, crack at this on. thing? Yeah, Are they second. checking? Give me one second. Oh, yeah, sure. of course. <laughs> Who was it? It was a, a, a competing lawn guy. Apparently, my wife <laughs> called in I knew for it. estimates. Yeah, and coincidentally, his name is DJ. I mean, what are the odds that his name is DJ? It's a sign. It's, it's a, a sign. sign. It's a sign. So, no, I was going to make one funny comment about, I remember when I was, uh, when Mike Beach was doing the morning show, at KS104, and somehow I heard that he was 45 years old, and I was like, holy buckets, that's old, 45, yeah. <laughs> and he's doing a morning show on a top 40? That guy's way too old to be doing a morning show on a top 40. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, yeah. That was one thing about when you're on the air and you're starting to advance in birthdays, you know, they want you to still sound cool, and you can be as young as you are, uh, you know, by the words you choose to say, you know, so you don't talk about high karate clone and shit like that. Great example. Great example, because your audience is having no idea. And I, I'm, I'm, I try to be really careful and filter myself and not bring up like, like today, Jenny on our show dresses like Stevie Nicks. Now we're old enough that we would get like, who is Stevie Nicks? And why does she, what do you, I don't know how she dressed. We get that. But I know our audience would be like Stevie Nicks. I think my mom used to listen to her. So mm -hmm. I instead said, Jenny, you dress like you're on your way to the Renaissance Festival, which is <laughs> everybody. So you do. And you got to be careful to not say things, you know, like, oh, man, you know what sound good right now? Some 38 special. Is there anywhere you haven't worked that you want to work? Or what do you, you know, if you ever hang up the headphones, are you just going to be full time Colorado or what's the deal? When I was in Columbus, I thought there's a couple of places I really, really want to work. One of them was Phoenix, one was San Diego, and one was Seattle. So I got my wish, and I got to go to uh, to go to Phoenix, and I and I didn't like it at all. Um, Phoenix was way too hot. When you see Phoenix on TV during a golf tournament, you're not seeing Phoenix; you're seeing Scottsdale, and Scottsdale is beautiful. Phoenix is not a beautiful town. I don't like the desert. Um, I but but then again. I think a lot of your happiness depends on how well you're doing in your job. If you, if you love radio, like we love radio, if you're happy at your work and you're doing well, then you could be happy anywhere. I was in Columbus, Ohio and Columbus is not an exciting town. It's not a terrible town at all, but I loved it there because our job, the station was doing so well. Mm -hmm. um, I think you could probably live in, you know, you could probably live in um, Pueblo, Colorado, and if your job is going really well and you're paid well and they appreciate you and treat you well, you'd be happy in Pueblo, Colorado. One of the reasons I never left here is because I realized that just because you're moving to another city that you really love and want to move to doesn't mean the job's going to work out. 
And I like it here. We really do like it here. As far as retiring here, I don't know. I think I might be a snowbird, you know, where you like live part of the time here and and live in Florida the rest of the year. You know, that's not a bad life. Yes. How is Susan and the kids? Uh, Susan's got her board and brush shop, which if you don't know what a board and brush shop is, it's where you paint furniture that looks like a barn door. And you say, you know, uh, welcome to Moon's Bar or coffee till cocktails or, you know, one of those little sayings, whatever. It's barn furniture. <laughs> and right now it's thriving and doing well. Um, so she does that. She's never home. Uh, and then I've got a kid who is actually in broadcasting. His He used to come in and watch me do the show um, in the morning and he would sit there and watch the entire time. And uh, this is back when he was 16, 17, 18. He would watch, even younger than that, he would watch. And now he does the news in, he was started in um, Yuma, Arizona, did the news on TV in Colorado Springs for four years and just left for Albuquerque a month or so ago. That's Chase. Does he ever ask you for advice? Does he ever Absolutely. like call call upon the old man and go, all Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. I want to give him advice, but I want him to ask for it. I don't want to be the overbearing, you know what, let me tell you something, because here's a little, this is no secret. He knows this. He has had a problem sounding natural with his delivery. And as we all know, in radio and broadcasting and TV, you've got to sound natural. But when you first start, you think that you have to sound like this. So uh, I'm out here at the courthouse, Dean, and the murder trial is going to start any time now. And we will have live reports for you all through the trial live on channel 13. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I've talked to him about that, about sounding natural because it's so important. You know, it's, it's so important. Um, and he'll ask me about that. He'll ask me about contract stuff and like, dad, how long do you think I should stay here before I moved somewhere else? You know, so he'll ask me things. I have a son who goes to Berkeley college of music in Boston and um, he wants to be a, he wanted to be a drummer until he realized the world is full of, incredible drummer. So now he wants to be in music management. Um, I have a daughter who is in Myrtle Beach. She has two kids. So that makes me a grandpa twice. And then I have a daughter here that works for Target Corporation and she's like a buyer. So, and she has a daughter, so three grandkids. So they're all doing good. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I didn't realize you had four kids. I do. Yeah. I had my first one when I was 19. Me too. Just like Moon. Yeah. yeah, same thing, huh? Yeah, I know. It won't be long and my kid will be getting social security for the great thing. <laughs> I was going to include David in a fun game we always play on this show. How many kids does Moon have? Yeah. Sometimes he knows and sometimes he doesn't. We were in Chicago and uh, Dave was up for a Marconi Award and he brought his wife along and my date was Stacy, my partner, and we were actually against each other. And I also believe that... Uh, uh, Dave Lee from WCCO may have been in that b- bunch as well. I'm not sure. But anyway, so we're sitting there and, and I'm so nervous. I don't fit at formal events. I just hate wearing a tie. Anything that has to do with anything that's upscale, I want to go the opposite direction. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dave wins the award. We were really happy and excited. Stacy tried to uh, get a couple of pictures of her trying to stab Dave with the Marconi award. Yeah, I got, I've got that. Yeah. Somewhere. Those awards like that, are they political in nature? Did my corporation pay off the right people to get, do some marketing uh, or did I earn this? Right. And I guess we'll never know. Yeah. I guess we never, we never will know. Well, uh, I remember that particular, um, I've been nominated a few years before. I can look up on my wall and see I was nominated in 2000, 
um, 11. And I think the year that I won was 2017. I'm not sure. Anyway, so uh, one time I, I went all the way out there to San Diego and I didn't win. And it was like, God, it's just like, you know, you go all the way out there, you're waiting through all the way through dinner, you wait through all the other awards and then you, and then you lose. And it's like, ah. so when I went to the one that I won, I sat way in the back of the room. And I remember you were a couple of tables like in front of us or one table in front of us. And cause I sat way in the back and I didn't expect to win. I don't know if you guys know Art Volo is. Do you know who Art Volo is? Yes. Art Volo is, they call him radio's best friend. And he is just an older guy. And he is just nice and nerdy. And he takes videos of every morning show boot camp and morning show in NAB and all that. He just, well, he's the video I, met him, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nicest guy in the world. But you also don't, you know, Art will get your ear and Art will talk as long as you let him. And he's very charming. But, you yeah. know, Art, Art is a character. So Art sat at our table and we're like oh cool arts here whatever that's fine and um so when they read my name and said the winner is dave ryan kwb i was so excited i stood up and i hugged art volo and i ignored my wife my wife was behind me like like this what? and i hugged art volo because i was so shocked and she was standing there like you know just left hanging but I don't know. I was, I was so shocked anyway. I'm yeah. the one who made the sandwiches for you every morning. Come on. The sandwiches. Art didn't do anything. That's an amazing feeling though, right? I, would, I wouldn't know. It, it, it is. Um, it's kind of a validation. Um, it's okay. kind of like when your team finally wins the Super Bowl. Um, uh, it's like, and if you're a Vikings fan, I'm a Broncos fan. So yeah, I watched wow. them suffer for, they lost four Super Bowls in a row until they won. And I think they've won three times since then, but I don't need to watch the Broncos ever again because I, they won. That's the best feeling in the world as a Broncos mm -hmm. fan, as a football fan. I don't need to have that experience again. I'd like it, but it's okay because I got to experience it just like the, the Marconi. I'd love to win another one. I'd love to win another dozen. But if I never win another one again, I'm okay with that because you just need the validation just the one time to be like, yeah, see, I can do this. <laughs> see, mom and dad. I, I yeah. matter. I'm worthy. I wanted to ask you about cigars for a minute. How many are you smoking these days? Because I need to get you up here. Oh, man. Um, uh, five a week, four a week. Um, I went to Matt Dunn's treehouse. Yeah, that we had him on the podcast. No, no. I, I was at his house a week ago, and it was one of those things where I've met Matt very informally, casually a few times, but we both do magic. He is way more into it than I am. So for years, he's been saying, Dave, let's get together and smoke cigars and, and talk magic. I, I'm at a point in my life where I have to cut out optional things because we're so busy that sometimes you have to cut out optional things. And so I kept saying, Matt, I, and I canceled on him twice and I didn't want to cancel again. So last Tuesday, I went over and hung out in the treehouse. He's got a, an amazingly beautiful, freaking huge estate that looks like the Kennedy compound. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, what does this guy do to make all this money? I didn't want to ask him that. But apparently he's got some, I mean, he's got something going. And he's just one of those really just cool people to hang out with. And I'm really glad I did it. Um, but no, I, I, I smoke too much. I do. How about, how about you? How many do you have now? Well, I'm trying to cut back. I'm at two a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just enjoy cigars. There's not a hell of a lot I can do because I'm a COVID risk. I don't know if you've heard this before, our podcast, Dave, but he does usually start talking about death, about the last five, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> the old bits come at the end of the show. <laughs> we, we always talk about death. This is the... <laughs> 
<laughs> worry, I apologize, Moon. So next week, I hope I'm here. Well, let's hope so. Um, I mean, I'll fill in for you if something happens, you know. Uh-oh. So I went down to give blood today because we're doing a blood drive. One of our listeners has a daughter that's got leukemia. And we said, let's do something. Let's do a blood drive. So I go down to Ridgedale to donate blood during this blood drive. And they have a list of medications that you can't be on if you're going to be a blood donor. And I'm looking at it going, I'm not going to be on any of these. I'm on like very standard stuff. Oh, wait, finasteride, finasteride. I'm on it. It's a drug that prevents hair loss or slows hair loss. And you notice this thick, thick, thick. It's very thick, voluminous. And I thick, was voluminous. Head yes. of hair. <laughs> and uh, so I couldn't donate blood. And I really wanted to because I haven't donated blood in 30 years. I feel well, like people don't ass. want hairy children. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had one. That's a good break. Right. Why can't you give blood? <laughs> <laughs> that would actually. That would. I'm anemic. I can't give blood. Fallon couldn't give blood today because she has a cold. So you can't give blood when you had a cold. No. Nope. Nope, so there yeah. you go. There's a half hour of the show tomorrow right there. That's it. <laughs> and that just happened naturally. And that's the way the best stuff always comes. Sometimes you're absolutely right. I mean, you'll schedule a show. I know you're a crazy prepper. Um, uh, and you want to be over prepped and come in with all kinds of stuff. But once in a while, something stupid will come up like, does salt and pepper go bad? Oh, I don't know. Does it go bad? And then all of a sudden you throw out your prep and talk about whether salt and pepper goes bad. Well, and that actually happened on our show. And uh, we debated about it for God knows how long, but people found <laughs> it really interesting. And you guys know it's the stupid stuff. You know, it's just sometimes the stupid stuff that people really latch on to. It's true. I, I agree 100%. It's the stuff that makes us all human and the stuff that we all relate to a bad lawn cutting, you know? Yes. Yes. You know, yeah, we, don't, we don't do anything political on our show. I mean, Minnesota is a very liberal state. You know, we just don't want to piss off any percentage of our audience. They, you know, they're going to find something they don't like, like, you know, us playing Olivia Rodrigo for the third time this hour. We don't need to give them something else. Let's talk about motorcycles for a second. Uh, Dave, when he was just barely thinking about buying a bike, goes to his old buddy moon and says, what do you think I should get? And he told me he was going to get this Honda shadow. And I know they're beautiful bikes. They really are. I thought it was one of the more classy designs Honda had ever really done because a lot of their stuff, like the bike I rode to Goldwing, they didn't change that in 400 years and they probably never will. Cause it's still, you know, the top of the top of the top. Uh, so Dave bought the bike. I told him, I said, you got to get a bigger one. He said, I'm a new rider. I don't want to kill myself. And that was a valid fear because if you're a rider with no fear, you're in deep trouble right away. You know, you got to be on your game every single second that you ride. But anyway, I talked him into uh, uh, once he got the bike going on this ride around Lake Pepin, which is a haul all the way down to Wabasha. You know, we went, you know, the whole deal. And uh, I had a big touring bike and Dave's bike was more of a cruiser, right? And then eventually, then you started um, uh, having Susan ride the Honda. And then you went and got, I believe, a, a couple of Harleys before you got an Indian, which are beautiful bikes. What are you riding now? Uh, we just rode a uh, Ultra Classic. So it's, you know, it's the big luxury bike with the big comfortable seat and the armrests on the back. We rode that to um, Turtle Lake, Wisconsin this past weekend, rode to Chippewa Falls and did all that. Um, it's great. It's got the radio, the GPS and all that. So that's great. Um, I ride that when I'm with Susan because she likes to be a passenger. She doesn't ride 
honestly, she hasn't ridden in a couple of years. She's got a great little Indian scout, which is a, like a Indian's version of a sportster. And uh, she, it sits. I ride it a couple of times a year just to ride it, but we probably should get rid of it. And then I got a heritage soft tail. Uh, but Moon was absolutely right. He said, you need to get something bigger than a 750. And I said, nah, this is plenty for me. And I remember on that ride, Moon was cruising along easily at 70 miles an hour. And mine sounded like a lawnmower going, <laughs> trying to keep up with Moon uh, because it didn't have much power. And, and he was right. And, and within, a, within less than a year or so, we traded it in and got the Heritage Club, soft, the uh, Heritage Softail. So... And those things are really nice. There's nothing like the sound of a Harley. I mean, Harley's just got their own sound. They sound great. My biggest, uh, you know, bummer uh, was when I had to sell my bike because I needed 12,000 miles to get to 100,000, right? And that's a lot of miles. It is. Uh, you know, and we, I would ride every day to work. Even when I was no longer walking, I would have somebody load me on my bike uh, in my garage and I'd have the police officers at the radio station, take me off the bike and throw me in another wheelchair. Right? Wow. Yeah. He, when they started making you put the pin number into the gas pump with your credit card and your debit card, you yeah. were so mad. You're like, I can't get off the bike. I'm like, I think, I think part of not riding the motorcycle might be if you can't dismount it, but yeah. you know, but you, know, but you, you're a good driver. You're safe. I mean, obviously. So well, the only problem was that as eventually you got to pee. That, that's when you got to be home. It's pee time and I'm home. How is the prostate? Is the prostate holding up okay? That thing is enlarged. Dave, it's, it's large, enlarged. It's enlarged. Prostate, yeah. If you get a prostate exam, don't make the mistake I did by getting it done at a kiosk at the mall. Because, <laughs> I mean, they might, they might have great lotions, but they don't know what they're doing. And they don't trim their nails. So, oh, uh, you smell like perfume. Yeah. Uh, well, on that happy note, oh, my God, there's nothing like ending the show on a prostate story. This is episode 23 of Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. Special guest, Dave Ryan. God bless you, brother. It's so nice to still be your buddy after all these years. P-Jug, thanks for staying married to me. You're the only one that's been able to. Hobbs, do you have anything you need to plug any appearances? To Dave's point about living life, I will be at Cracked Barrel Winery in Hudson, Wisconsin on Saturday. I'm hosting a grape stomping. You want to come, P-Jug? You want to come and stomp some grapes? Like the old Lucy bit. Yeah, that's right. I'm thinking about like not aging yourself. I'm talking about Lucille Ball, but uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, funny. it's not a comedy event. I've, I've got comedy shows coming up, but that's that's the thing that's on my mind right now because I've always wanted to do that. I think it'll be super fun. Yeah, wow, that sounds really fun. Yeah, for sure. Cool. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. 
Go to your computer, type it in, and you're gonna win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good. Yeah, it could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo! Let's put this show out of its misery. Ha, 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 ha.